Hey guys, welcome to Cup of Connections. I'm Portia and we're here coming to you from our virtual cafe, Better with a Cup of Coffee. We are savoring relationships with coffee lovers around the world and sharing their experiences that have been better with a cup of coffee. The reason why I wanted to do the interview was because I was interested in what the Boone, North Carolina coffee culture was about. I haven't been to Boone in decades since I was a little girl. My parents and I would go to the grandfather's mountain and we would stay in Boone a lot. So this time, my wife and I, we were going to a wedding. So I decided, okay, let me look up some coffee shops. And I found one. And then I said, okay, the local lion, this sounds kind of cool. So I looked on the About Us. Of course, I'm reading about the owners and the shop and so forth. Found some good information. But what got me was how the local lion acquired their name, which I will let our featured guest talk about. So I wanted to talk to someone who was born and bred in Boone and to talk to us about the coffee culture, about the culture of Boone, because Boone is a tight-knit community. So that's why I wanted to do an episode about this wonderful owner, his coffee shop, what he's doing in the community, what he and his wife are doing in the community. And so today we have our special guest, Josiah Davis, and welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. I saw on Instagram yesterday, you guys did a little video with your kids, right? That is the yep. 10th anniversary, correct? 10th anniversary, yeah. We actually hiked Snake Mountain and celebrated that we're 10 years into the <laughs> business. <laughs> well, guys, Snake Mountain is in the story of how they thought of the name Local Lion. So, Josiah, you have to tell everybody how you got the name. Okay, well, there's... There's sort of two stories. Um, okay. There's the story that you've read, and then there's like a backstory. But my daughter was two years old, and we took her camping onto this mountain around here called Snake Mountain. And it's just beautiful mountain, pretty rugged, a little bit remote. So I was off getting the firewood for the campsite, and my wife was sitting at the campsite, and then she thought it was me coming up the tr this trail. And, she and then she quickly realized, is this not me? It's a mountain lion. And it's walking up the trail. And then it kind of like turns and goes up the mountain, right? And then not long at all after that, I come up the trail. And I had no idea. They're so quiet. I had no idea I was walking behind a mountain lion as I came up this trail. So it was kind of terrifying with our two-year-old daughter and kind of awesome as well. So we named local lion after the, the local lion up here, which is a mountain lion. We actually had some biologists show up and say, you didn't see a mountain lion. Maybe it was like kind of challenging us and say that we don't know that they're up here well they came back after that and they said to us we were on that mountain and we have confirmed tracks of a mountain lion right in the area that you said you were in so they came in and they, they essentially apologized for telling us that we couldn't have seen one and said that you know they were out there trying to get a sighting themselves but anyway yeah we named our shop after the local lion in this region, rare as it is, there's a lot of stories of the locals have seen them of the mountain lion. So our symbol is a mountain lion. But there's also another story. We actually technically had named it before that, local okay. lion. So we worked at a children's home for six years. My wife and I together were resident counselors at Crossroad Home for Children. And we told the kids that we were going to leave and we were going to go open a donut and coffee shop. Okay. And then we asked them to help us name it. So we actually came up with a bunch of names and then let them vote, and they chose the name Local Lion. So we actually already had the name Local Lion, and then we saw 
a few months later had the mountain lion sighted. So we always said we're on the path to the mountain lion. This is what we're meant to do. I don't normally tell it like that part. I just, it's just simpler to say we named it after the, the regional lion, the local lion. The name was actually named by the kids at the Home for Children. It was really, really funny. You know, but, this um, is, that was fate. That's what yeah, that was. Felt, felt like it. Okay, yeah. wait, wait, wait. We, I have to stop you because you know, I, I can only imagine everybody saying, what? Your wife? This mountain lion walks in front or walks near your wife and your two-year-old daughter? What did they do? I mean, I imagine they froze, but... Yeah, I think they froze. Essentially, I came up after the fact. I just saw her amazed and terrified and kind of, like, telling me all about it. So I, I don't really know how she handled the moment other than she was stunned. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Did, she, did the mountain lion see her? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would have to imagine yes. I don't see how it couldn't have. Because the trail came right up. It was kind of across the field. I mean... It wasn't, like, right up on her. Okay. But okay. Um, there was this, sort of this, like, meadow that sits overlooking the mountain view that we were camping in. So I was kind of on the other side of the meadow coming up the trail. So right. there was a little bit of distance. But, yeah, still scary with the two-year-old assessment. <laughs> Before we talk about your cafe and all the great things you're doing, if people who haven't been to Boone in a while or if people have never been to Boone and they wanted to check out some part of nature – that trailhead, that campsite that you're talking about. If you're looking at your shop, how far is yep. it from your shop? Um, like, 25 minutes. Okay. There's a mountain called um, Elk Knob. It's like a state park. It's a beautiful hike. You can see sort of across from that state park is some private land at Snake Mountain. And um, we, we met the owner up there, and he had told us we could hike. And he said he loved families coming up there. It's just kind of a more of a local spot you kind of got to know about. But That's cool. People who want to go to this abide by the rules. You know, just don't walk on somebody's property and say, ah, oh, let's go hiking, camping, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Elk Knob is right there, so that'd be a good yeah. spot for us. Awesome. Okay, so tell, is it true that the local line is the first drive through and donut shop in Boone? Yes. There was historically other donut shops. Okay. So there was no donut shop when we opened our donut shop. Now we're one of three. But at the time, we were the only donut shop. There was one called Granny's Donuts when I was a kid that I don't know what happened to it. It hadn't been around for years. And so we weren't the first donut shop ever in Boone. But um, we were the first drive-through coffee. So why coffee? Why why roasting? Because you were working, you said, with kids earlier? Mm -hmm. You and your wife? Yep. We were working with kids. And there's a few different ways to answer that question. I, I think that at the heart of it, we needed a job in the high country. As we had our daughter, who was two, we, we were working with troubled kids. And so there was complications about raising our daughter in that environment with some of the intense stuff we had dealt with through the years. So, you know, we wanted to make a change and we needed to make it. I had a history degree and a philosophy and religion degree, and it's a small town in the mountains. And, and people love to come here. So the price of housing is a bit high compared to the job market. Oh. So it, it's not so easy just to go find a job to support a family in the high country, or especially 10 years ago. So we needed a job. So then I kind of looked around and noticed that there wasn't drive through coffee and noticed that there wasn't donuts. It was a bit strategic. We loved coffee. I, I worked in coffee shops. My wife had managed the coffee shop. I mean, I'd been drinking coffee since I was seven or eight years old. Just loved coffee culture, loved everything about it. And so there was that element of, like, wanting to build community. But then there was also the, like, how are we gonna how are we gonna make it? You know, maybe right. maybe starting a business will create a path. So 
Yeah, seven or eight. Good gosh. I remember when I was seven or eight, my mom was chugging away her coffee with no sugar and cream. And, and I was just like, oh, my God. So, yeah. so you just needed a job. But it's really good to know that you did something strategically mm-hmm. and you found a niche. You found that it was needed. Once it was established, how was it at first? Was it people were just so welcoming? How was the community? Since you were born in Boone, how was the community for you in, in embracing? I mean, it was amazing. We, we didn't have enough money to start. It was a very, very big step for us to try to, to go into this project. We kind of dove in. We left our jobs and went for it and didn't have enough to even get open. But a lot of sort of miracles had happened that made us just feel that it was the right thing. And then I think the final miracle was all the community that came out and helped. I mean, painters that came and helped paint. We had a plywood counter when we first opened. Literally, the guys at Lowe's Hardware got excited about our project and then showed up and helped us build our counters. What? I mean, they, they hear projects all day. We were just like, we're doing this. We, you know, and it was just like people just came out of the woodwork to help us create this space. Right. So that was really special. And then when we opened, we we were immediately hosting the community. That's really why we're still doing it today. Is all the the meaning and the relationship and the culture that we get to host and, and be a part of, and that's been precious and wonderful and and why we've succeeded and why we want to stay in the business i mean honestly so the community gave to you from the start but when COVID came around you guys were really big within the community i I imagine because boone is a a tight-knit community everyone was helping everyone but i was reading that your business you were helping the community you've been really really strong in the community your business has what Mm -hmm. did you guys do yeah yeah COVID was obviously really intense we were able to keep our drive-through open and we were still in business through through COVID. We could have technically had our dining room open, but we chose to close it and just be careful. And, and we had the drive-through, which helped us. It was a really intense time. And the community, in this case, again, we were amazed at the number of people that came and shopped and said to us, or it was clear to us, that the reason they were shopping was they wanted us to still be there on the other side of COVID. It, you know, wow. most of the time they're shopping because they want to donate or a coffee or the atmosphere. In this case, they were shopping more intentionally. It was a vote of confidence in us. And so we saw that, and we were amazed by that and grateful. And then we kind of noticed there was all these other businesses that couldn't get to market. Like there was a guy that had a farmer's – he was a florist, and he had his little flower farm. The farmer's market wasn't open. And at springtime, there's tulips in bloom, I remember. Or a potter that had been closed for a while. And just these different companies that couldn't get open. And so we had a drive-through. So what we did was we let them come into our parking lot and set up stands so you could drive through their stand. And we just set up some COVID protocols, and then we got, like, the flowers, and we sold them out the drive-through window. We kind of brought these farmer's market businesses and these retail businesses that weren't food-related into our drive-through network. And we just said, you know what, we there's no sort of booth fee or, like, charge. Let's just kind of come together. Because that was also people were doing for us, right? They were shopping with us intentionally. That was one of the things. That was probably the biggest thing we did. There was other ways. You know, we were trying to be really intentional of how do we help this community get through this trying time. And it was such a special thing to just to experience community under pressure in the ways that even though we were kind of isolated, we're seeing there for one another, you know. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that was great. They actually gave us the uh, Business of the Year Award the Chamber of Commerce did in 2020 for that and some other things, which was really humbling and, and uh, something that we get to remember. And to be honest with you, I'm not a crier. But I honestly got a little teary out of that. That was a great story. And I know a lot of communities within our state and the world 
has contributed in some way, but it was just touching because you guys started off with humble beginnings and you stepped up. And that was cool to think outside of the box of how can I help and using your drive through to help other people. And it was a safe way. I appreciate that myself. So tell us, do you specifically buy your beans from one location or multiple locations? Are they fair trade or? We use one importer primarily. They've just got a really good infrastructure and can give us access to a lot of different of the world's coffees. They're our primary source. We have worked with farmers directly. So there's like a guy in Nicaragua that has a farm and we've gotten to know him through a community member here that has a home in Nicaragua. He's got a great farm and a great story. So we've worked with him, and, and there's another guy in Honduras. So we try to build the relationships with farmers directly and do our own importing with them. But it's, it's honestly really difficult to do that. There's challenges around, um, I mean, essentially the amount of coffee you have to buy to make it worthwhile. Right. So you have to make this huge investment into one coffee. And our customers appreciate it, but a lot of them like the Colombian, or they like, the, they like what they like. So it's difficult sometimes to commit that amount of space to one coffee that we have to do to import it. So we do it, but we rely on the large importer to help us to get a wide array of coffees. We've got coffees from Central America, Africa, Indonesia. We've got stuff that roasts well light or medium or dark. We, we probably have 3,000 pounds of coffee at any given time in the shop and maybe like eight to 10 different countries represented, sometimes more. We do fair trade coffees, we do organic coffees, Rainforest Alliance coffees. There's a whole world of conversations we could have around like what the certifications mean and the quality of coffee and all these right, things. You right. know? But we do that. We have those with our importer. And we're always looking for great coffee. And then that's part of the joy of being a small coffee roaster is finding those little micro lots and then just being able to really dial into it. Because we're not trying to make it the same all across America, right? We can find something that's just got a unique flavor profile and then celebrate that while it's in season from that one farmer. So we like to do that. Have you visited any of the farmers? I've met a farmer in America, well, two, and then my wife has visited a farm in Africa, but not one we buy from now. It was earlier in her life. We have not made it down to a farm ourselves yet. We've right. been too busy. <laughs> 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 it's, it's all been done mostly remote, FaceTiming or different, you know, no. Right. Yeah, I yeah. imagine. So what about the donuts? The story is that you needed some equipment and you found some equipment. And this equipment was from an award-winning couple uh, that is award-winning dessert company. Tell us that story. So, so that story is probably best told back when we were at the Home for Children. And I told you kind of how we needed a job. And I didn't know what to do. I, we kind of felt a bit trapped by our situation. So I took 20 days and I set them apart and I said, I'm going to seek God for direction. Like, what are we doing with our life and how are we going to make it? And I actually had this dream in the night where this guy came to me in my dream. He pointed at my chest and he said, four months from now, an unexpected door will open in your life. And I woke up and I was being really intentional about this 20-day time period in my life. So I wrote down the dream and I said, I don't know what that means. An unexpected door will open in four months. I was like, I wasn't expecting anything before I had this dream. So how could it be unexpected? I just didn't make circular. You know, I was like, I don't know right. that. Well, four months to the day from the dream was my daughter's second birthday. Her getting older was really our problem. As she became mobile and verbal, we just wanted to get her out of that job we were working in. So four months to the day, we were getting pizza in Roan Mountain, Tennessee at 
Smoky Mountain Bakery. The guy that was the baker there was selling some donut equipment. He tells us he's selling some donut equipment. I had the idea of the coffee. I kind of noticed the niche in the community, and so I kind of was asking about it. He was like, well, I got this donut equipment I'd sell you today. We were having a conversation, and I said, I don't have a loan for a bank. I don't have a lease for a building. I don't know where I would start a donut business. I can't buy this today. And then he was like, well, I, I've got other offers. I'm going to sell this donut equipment. I need to get it out of here. Then he opens up a Chefs of California book, and it's, it's a whole whole page thing about him, picture of him, and then like three or four pages describing his bakery that had served 80 restaurants, and then it started talking about how he had won every gold medal at the Harvest Bowl Festival for his breads and, and desserts in Sonoma Valley. Wow. And so they had this big festival, and he had retired to his family land in Roan Mountain and then converted the barn into a little pizza, uh, into like a stone oven, like a, a fire oven, and he was just sort of like had this little business and kind of in his retirement on his family land, and he was just selling some of his old equipment. And he says to me, he says, I'll train you on the donuts. And I just was like, I don't know how to do this right now. And my wife says, you had a dream that an unexpected door would open today, and donuts are totally unexpected. She said, I think we should do it. So I said, you know what? I did have a dream. I told him that, and he, he his response was, um, his response was, Something like I was a monk before I, I was in a band that opened for Metallica or something. Like he's like I totally get it, and I was like I don't really. It was like <laughs> he's like I get that you had a dream, and I'm like so so he gets excited for whatever it was for him. They were so wonderful. They taught us all about the donuts. They shared their recipe, which is a 1930s recipe made from a, a potato, a whole potato, and they literally sold us the equipment and then helped us. They drove from Roan Mountain, Tennessee, to our shop in Boone the day we opened. They arrived at 2 in the morning. All this was just helping us. So people, just, like, they had no reason to do this. They bought us the equipment months before. They helped us set up our system. They were there for us that entire first morning making donuts with us. Just they were just like, we want to see this work. And they just showed us how to do it, laid the path out. To get there at 2 in the morning means they essentially stayed up all night for us, helping us start that place just really out of the kindness of their heart. And wow. um, that's where we got the donut recipe. To me, it, uh, it was one more, you know, like, okay, this is the path we're taking. We're going to go into business, even though we really didn't have any business experience prior to this. And here we are 10 years later. You know what you are, right? Highly favored, brother. Highly, <laughs> I mean, come on. Highly I'm favored. grateful. I'm grateful. Yeah. Absolutely. So wait a minute. You didn't have the money. Did they give you this equipment? No, so we had $4,000. We could buy the equipment. We had that. Yeah. We didn't have enough money to open the business. So essentially, uh. we bought the equipment that day. We made the decision to buy the equipment that day. And actually, I said to him, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Can I just leave it here? Because, like, I didn't know. <laughs> like, so that's what we did. We just, like, bought it and then left it. But then we went. So then the next day, I went to the bank. Or maybe that day. I don't remember. I went straight to the bank, and I said, we want to do a donut and coffee shop. And we started trying to figure out how to make that happen, you know. And then we started trying to find a location because now we've bought this equipment. And now, you know, and now we got to figure out how to, like, how to do it somehow. And so then, like, and then it was, like, almost culture shock. Then the work started. And it was, like, it ended up being one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> that is an inspirational story for us all who are trying to get off the ground. Yeah, yeah, we are grateful. It's a, it's a special story. I'm glad we get to share it. I'm glad to remember yeah. it. It's fun, yeah. to, fun to think about it. And, you know, we've gotten to stay in this place we love and close to community, and that's something that we're really grateful for. 
So how is the coffee culture in Boone? Have you seen it grown? Have you seen people who are uh, coffee enthusiasts or they weren't, but now they are because of yourself and other coffee shops around this quaint yeah. mountainous yeah, town? Definitely. Well, the coffee culture in Boone is a little bit unique in that there's a lot of coffee roasters. Ah. So if you if you were to go to a bigger city, you might find a lot more coffee shops and a lot less roasters. Because typically people don't always roast their own coffee. They just do the barista side of it. Yeah, in Boone, everybody is, almost everybody's a coffee roaster that has a coffee shop. So that is increasingly true. I mean, we when we opened, there was really two other coffee shops, both with roasters. But one wasn't exactly in Boone. And now there's four or five coffee roasters. For the town our size, there's a lot of coffee shops and coffee roasters. We've all got a little bit of our own style to it. We get a, we're a temperate rainforest. We get a lot of rain. It's very lush. We're up in the mountains, so we get uh, winter. So there's essentially a lot of good coffee shop days. <laughs> it's beautiful when you get outside, and then there's also days where it's just really nice to have that coffee. And so I think that strengthens the culture and then the students. We've got a wonderful university here, and so there's just a really vibrant student life and culture. And so that has a big influence as well on the coffee scene. We've got a strong coffee culture and a lot of coffee shops. And, and I know that if I needed something, I could call the coffee shop around town and they'd supply me with cups or bags. So I'd help them with some decaf coffee if they were out. And we were a phone call away. So. See, that's what that tight-knit community is all about. So why start this new endeavor of chocolate and wine? I mean, I understand why. It's, it's a great pairing. But did coffee have something to do with that, that transition? So in 2018 fall, and then early 2019, we were coming up on our seven-year anniversary. And I had kind of been a little bit, become established. We built a home. I've had three kids now, and the business was working. And I, and I was kind of like, okay, what do I want to do with my life again? I asked that question and, and kind of just took some time. I was like, what am I doing? Do I want to stay in business? I kind of got thrust into business a bit. And like I said, I was history and philosophy. That was my foundation. And so kind of just was looking for what I wanted to do and came to the conclusion that I wanted to do, um, as I got older, I wanted to stay in business but help support other people. And so um, just kind of add a layer of meaning to, to my business. I'm going to be 40 this year, so maybe 40 to 50 to 60, but those years more and more I wanted to be base camp for Conquer Mountain. So we took the phrase Conquer Mountain, and we put it on our cups, and we kind of took that mountain where we'd seen the mountain lion, and we did some graphic work around it and called it Conquer Mountain. So we kind of upped our uh, – marketing, I suppose, or, or our branding, and built in kind of like a little bit of a wisdom narrative, and then said, hey, we want to be base camp for Conquer Mountain. And so on the one hand, it's like, when you come to our shop, we just want to support you and the great things you're doing. We want to be a space where you're encouraged, where you can have authentic conversation, where, you know, just the things that are going to be, um, where the coffee can invigorate your mind, or the donut can be that the sort of the cheerful moment, the lighthearted moment that can kind of just get you out of your funk. But in everything, we're thinking, how can we help? our customers conquer the mountain. And then I think, how can I help my staff that are coming through here, these college kids, for you know two, three years, how do I help this job be something that's like a building stone for them as they go and do things in their life? So I, I was like, I want to be more and more intentional about making my business a place where I support other people as I get older. And so our new business is called Venture Chocolate and Wine Company. The, the real reason I did this company was I wanted to have a space to work with people around finding their life direction, these students that are maybe anxious or don't know who they like, struggling with their identity, and it's kind of like, you know what? There's there's a direction for you. Like you can take time, if you maybe just take a space where you can come in and take time to sort that stuff out and choose a direction. 
Right. And then to have somebody there to kind of say, hey, as you choose this direction, how can we support you? And then maybe even work on helping people start their own small business. We call it venture because we did a golden key as our symbol. So we've got, we're going to be roasting chocolate. So it's, it's sort of a step forward in the roasting from coffee to chocolate. We're going to be roasting the chocolate. I'll be buying from similar regions. So like I could hopefully one day go to a farm somewhere and buy chocolate and coffee from the same community. So I'm hoping to find like a community where I can be buying both my cacao and my coffee and really start to support and build up that community. And then in the business, invite people into this back space where they can kind of just work on launching their own direction. So I essentially want to kind of do a mentorship as I get older and then give people maybe like the golden key to their opportunity or maybe sow some venture capital or be small into like their, their project. And I, I just thought that'd be a really nice way to get older. And so, and, and, and once I, once I like, once I kind of had that I, direction and idea, I was like, I'm going to stay in business, you know, like, cause I was young enough still to, to do something else. I could have gone back to school. I could have chosen another career path and built on what I'd accomplished. But I, I sort of made this intentional decision about three years ago and I'm going to stay in business. I'm going to stay in this community, but I'm just going to do it in a way that's really fulfilling for me and hopefully gives back. So that's really where this business came from was some dreams to kind of have a space. And so we've got that there. We've got three offices and a lounge and a, and a conference room that uh, connects the chocolate roasting space. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit now. You are not rambling. It's such a great story and is very positive. Most importantly is helping the community. It's, of course, helping you and your wife and your family, but it's helping the community. And that's what Couple Connections is about. It's about sharing those inspiring stories those experiences that have been richer by coffee and that's what coffee has added to your life to your family's life and to the community's life that you serve so in saying that i am grateful for man i'm grateful for this interview this was so cool guys we had a little mix-up i don't know what happened to zoom but it didn't happen on wednesday our conversation and i was so pissed because i had a feeling that this was going to be a good conversation jim so I'm grateful for Josiah to say, hey, I'll do it again. And thanks so much, man. I am so grateful. And when well, I come it's a back. Pleasure, it's a pleasure to meet you and discuss with you. It's, this is, I've never done anything like this, so it's <laughs> been a lot of fun. Well, you know, uh, every interview that I've had or conversation that I've had on this podcast has been someone's first. And it's just a conversation between friends something that is free-flowing, that it's hopefully informative for other people. When people want to check out a new place, Boone is a quaint mountainous town. So I give you praise, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure. I I love what you're doing here. It's going to be really fun. Awesome. Oh, before we go, when is the chocolate and wine going to be open? Very soon. We're deep cleaning the space. We're finishing stuff up and being the deep cleaner space. I'm hoping to be making chocolate by the end of next week in the space. We've done it off location. We're going to do it in the space. Okay. And we're bringing the staff in. I don't know when we're going to get operational, but in May, at some point, we'll just feel like we're ready. We're going to flip that open side on. And Local Lion is on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter as well? No, I've never done that one. I've never learned how. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, the Instagram and Facebook were there. (laughs) Good stuff. Well, I'm grateful, and I will visit again just to come see you guys and also to check out a little bit more of Boone. So you have a wonderful day, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a a joy. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm Portia White. 
and I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation. I'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsor, BetterWithACupOfCoffee.com. If you like what you heard, please rate and review our podcast. And join us again soon at Cup of Connections.